This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Because this song is about Ty Dolla Sign. Yeah. The breakup. What was the problem? What was the poison? I just, I felt like I couldn't grow. I felt like me growing was a threat to our relationship. And I was really young at the time, like I said. So, you know, with the dynamic of like older men and younger women, sometimes it's just like, I want you to act a certain way. Yes. And I'm like, I can't just act a certain way. I'm myself. And if you're not okay with my expansion, then this isn't real. So yeah. when you're asked about leaving Fifth Harmony or leaving this relationship, mm-hmm. can you bring to those conversations the light and the brightness that you have now? I think there's always a heaviness that comes with talking about someone's past. But I have so much grace for my process and for my life and what it's been and what it had to be in order for me to be me right now and who I will be in the future. So I, 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 I don't really have a lot of heaviness attached to talking about these things because I've healed from them you know I'm I'm definitely an exception in that sense because a lot of people who are in this position aren't given the opportunity to heal or don't have the tools or it's very difficult because people throw shit in their face over and over and over like I can't even imagine being Selena Gomez you know Lovers and friends, friends. I'ma take you on a trip, baby, I don't pretend, I said Lovers and friends, uh, I'ma hold you down, down to the end, I said Hi there, lovers and friends. Welcome to Lovers and Friends, the podcast hosted by moi, Shambu Dram. I've been working in the intimacy space for the past 15 years. I have an educational background in sexology, psychology, and journalism. And this right here is my favorite platform because I truly believe I get to fuse together all of my gifts to bring you insightful interviews and conversations around sex, love, relationships, dating, and breakups. Fun fact, fun story. I was at a party and someone was talking about divorce and my husband joined the conversation. He was like, oh, we're talking about divorce? This is my wife's favorite topic. And then everybody looked at me with a side eye and then I had to elaborate and say, oh no, it's because I, I talk about this area of life for a living and I find that often we have divorce and breakups as a very separate part of intimacy, whereas I see them as intimately, lovingly, and importantly intertwined together. Because a big part of loving is learning to let go of love. And that's why we talk about breakups a lot around these parts. I was going through a breakup and I had fucked up because I was so focused on self and so focused on like improvement and I had kind of the relationship beforehand left me a shell of a person and just mangled. This breakup was the hardest I think it was probably the second hardest thing I've ever had to go through in my entire life. I legit thought that I was gonna have to be hospitalized like I was like I am losing my mind like I felt crazy. I love him so much that I want to set him free and I want him to do the same for me and I think love now I'm, I'm definitely coming to a point where I do think that love isn't a case of needing someone it's loving someone so much that you just want the best for them and if the best for him means not being with me in the romantic sense that makes me so happy and i hope he sees the same for me and i'm so happy it happened during uh, happened during quarantine 
Because then I was like, okay, I don't really have to deal with this you right now anyway. quarantine too? 2020 was, was like, the, that, that would have been the peak of the pandemic. That would have been around the time that there was a Black Lives Matter riot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was August 2020. Mm-hmm. So you had just had a baby mm-hmm. and there was a pandemic mm-hmm. and there was this social justice movement happening, which was so impactful, mm-hmm. especially for black women. And that's the time that you ended the marriage? Yeah. That's a lot, right? Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. I know. A lot of the stuff, when I look back, I'm like... I'm stronger than I think. I was dealing with the complex emotions that are coupled with, I know I can't be with this person anymore, but I also really love this person. The last voice you heard was Lauren Haregi, the starring guest on this podcast, which in my opinion, although yes, we are talking about her breakup with Ty Dolla Sign, this episode isn't necessarily about breakups because Lauren and Ty broke up over two years ago and she's moved on in every way. Mentally, as she begun to make peace with their split, even before she found the courage to say the words. And physically, since she is now in a happy, committed, and loving relationship with dancer Sasha Mallory. So, instead of thinking about this episode as a place to get the tea on what happened in her last relationship, think of it more like a continuation of last week's episode of Lovers and Friends. You might have heard people refer to love as a drug, as a potion but I think it's important to be clear on what that actually means. So most of us think of love as a magical feeling, but technically love is not a feeling because feelings ebb and flow based on our circumstances. Meaning you might feel happy right now listening to this episode, but if your phone suddenly died, the happiness would quickly be replaced with irritation. Love, however, is present regardless of what's going on through the happy, sad, irritating, and irrational times. Love is still there. So it's actually more logical to think about love as a chronic neurological condition that's been developed and passed down through our DNA for thousands and thousands of years. So in short, the reason why you can't seem to get away from that person you love the most, who hurts you even more, might have a whole lot more to do with evolution than destiny. If you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's episode, which I understand did come out late, I highly suggest that you do so. But in essence, we explored the questions that Lauren's story will bring life to. How do you cope when your soulmate becomes your ex? How do you find the courage to love with all of your heart again after going through the trauma of recently leaving behind a wholehearted love story? Furthermore, and most importantly, how does one go from all in to all out, but still keep it all love? Even though it didn't work, it's always love, always love. And even though we hurt each other more than once, it was love, always love. For all those times that we locked eyes, when I was yours and you were mine, it's always love, always love. If you don't fucking clap right now and make some sounds, background people. Let's go. Wow. Cheer me on. That's Lauren Haregi's new song, Always Love. And if you don't recognize the name, trust me, you recognize the... That song, Work From Home, was released in 2016. And fun fact, that is where and how she met Ty Dolla Sign, the ex that we were discussing in this episode. Now, in 2018, Lauren signed on to Columbia Records and released her solo debut, Expectations, which was incredible and went on to get a nomination from iHeartMusic for Best Solo Outbreak Artist. And she won the Teen Choice Award for Choice Song Female Artist. Also, 
from that album, Expectations, which is amazing. She has amassed over 15 million followers on social media. And as of today, Lauren is less than a week away from leaving for her international tour, where she'll be singing all of her greatest hits, including her latest hit, Always Love. The song that we are about to get under the covers with right after this. Let's talk about cereal, baby. Have you ever heard of a cereal before that is delicious, high quality, reinvents your childhood favorites, and has zero grams of sugar? Well, let me put you on to Magic Spoon. Magic Spoon comes in a variety pack with four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. This pack has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, four to five net grams of carbs, only 140 calories a serving. It is high protein, has zero grams of sugar, is keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. The family favorite is currently the fruity flavor. It is delicious, crunchy, fueling, and is made with simple ingredients. Go to magicspoon.com lovers to grab a variety pack and try it today. Be sure to use our promo code lovers at checkout to save $5. And best of all, Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it is backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason under the sun, they're gonna refund your money, no questions asked. Period. Get your next delicious bowl of high protein cereal at magicspoon.com lovers and use the code lovers to save $5 off. Thank you so much to Magic Spoon for reinventing breakfast in our house and for sponsoring this episode. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Shane. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Can we talk about the song of the ages? <laughs> of the ages? It is the song of the ages. <laughs> I love you. I appreciate you. I love <laughs> that song. Thank you. It's interesting because my podcast this week that I put out was about your 10 different soulmates. Mm. And it explores the concept of the fact that because we're not getting married at 22, 23 anymore, that lightning feeling of, oh my God, like you are my star-crossed lover mm. happens several times in your life. It does. It, I've, I can attest to that. Yeah. It's happened to me many times. How do you cope when your soulmate is now an ex? Oh, um, I think like you said, there's many soulmates, you know? So I think the coping, I had already understood that this person wasn't my wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna be with this person forever so I think that I already knew that in my body and so I wasn't really coping with walking away from something it was more actually that's a lie I was coping with it but I but I had a also deep knowing inside of me already my body knew already that this wasn't resonating with me anymore and it wasn't good for me anymore you know can you say more about that um, about, cause I had a similar experience where I kept getting bacteria vaginosis, UTIs, oh, yeast really? infections from a past partner. Right. And I went to a doctor. Cause your body was literally rejecting him. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that, um, for me, it's more an energetic thing. It's like how I feel when I'm around you. And for me, um, emotional safety is really important to me in relationships. And I think, I had reached a point, I was really young, you know, I was in my early, early, early 20s, like beginning of my 20s when I was with this person. So I was emotionally, I wasn't as mature as I am now. And there was just a lot of emotional volatility in the relationship because both of us had wounds that we hadn't worked on. And therefore the communication was, wasn't, wasn't ideal. 
and it wasn't what I needed from a partnership in order to feel safe, in order to feel emotionally safe. And when I'm not, when I don't feel emotionally safe, my body starts to pull back from somebody. Like I start to not be as attracted to them or, you know, it, it doesn't feel the same way that it used to. And I hold on to th- what I've learned also from that experience is that is when it's time to walk away, walking, you know, not not lingering, not holding something out, not waiting until every single feeling disappears, you know, but just understanding when something isn't isn't right for me anymore and being able to have the courage to have that honest conversation, you know, because we get comfortable in codependence. We get comfortable in, you know, what we what we're already doing and what is routine for us. And relationships can become that. Okay, they can become habits and routines that you're just like you're used to this person. You're used to the way you live life with this person, and it is so jarring to walk away from something that's like we were together for two years, you know. So that was like a very intimate part of my life. Um, but when you know you have to walk away, you just you just have to. I also love the term walk rather than run. Right. Yeah, it's a walk. It's a gentle leaving. What was the problem? What was the poison? In that specific relationship, I think there were different factors, to be fair. Um, But for me, what my issue was, I just, I felt like I couldn't grow. I felt like me growing was a threat to our relationship. And, and. Growing how? Like as a person, like as a woman, you know, and like exploring myself, figuring out what I like, what I don't like. I was really young at the time, like I said, so. You know, with the dynamic of, like, older men and younger women, sometimes it's just, like, I want you to act a certain way. Yes. And I'm, like, I can't just act a certain way. I'm myself, and I'm going to keep discovering myself, and I'm going to keep expanding. And if you're not okay with my expansion, then this isn't real, you know? We have this episode that's called Cocooning, and it's a concept that we've, like, coined around here wherein it's unfortunate truth that some relationships – are not going to experience your butterfly phase, but mm. were necessary in order for you to become a butterfly. Mm-hmm. Does that feel about right? Yeah. Yeah. And also just realistically, he loved me to the best of his ability, you know, like given his own obstacles and trust issues and all of the things that's happened to him in his life, you know, um, which was I was able to see from from a higher perspective after the fact as well, you know. Where it's like, these things weren't personal. This is just, and I also didn't know how to handle insecurity properly. You know what I'm saying? If someone's feeling insecure in a relationship, I was just like, I'm not acting like that. And I'm not doing that. So like, you're making shit up and you're just making yourself mad over some stupid shit. That's not real, you know? And I was very like, no empathy for that, you know? Because I'm like, how the fuck are you going to make me a villain when I didn't do anything? Yes. You know, like, (laughs) you're literally projecting some entire story story onto me. Like, I'm not, I refuse to be a character in a story. Like, I'm real. I'm tangible. I'm in front of you, you know? I asked you for a story before (laughs) we got here today. Do you, because people often tell the story of the moment they knew, like the moment I knew that I fell in love with you, the moment that I knew that I liked you, mm-hmm. which, you know, happened very early on. You're lovely. Um, <laughs> but the moment that you knew this is not your life story, this was just a love story in mm. your life. When did I know? I feel like it's disrespectful. <laughs> it was a lot earlier than, than when I left. Um, there was a specific moment. 
don't know if it was a specific moment. I think it was just any time that, like I said, the arguments would come up where I would become a character in a story instead of being myself. Where I, when I felt like I wasn't being seen, I was being projected onto, you know? It's like the narrative of whatever his ex had done to him was on me. And I was such a good girl. Like, I, I, I am not a cheater. Like, I don't, I don't fuck with that energy. Like, if I feel something about somebody while I'm with you, I'm going to let you know and I'm going to leave, you know? Um, so I think just this constant questioning of my character kind of just took a toll on me after, after a while, you know? And this, like, inability to, to fully feel like myself, where I felt like I had to leave certain parts of me in the dark in order to, to be present, yes. you know? And doing that over and over again, because for me, love for a long time meant, what can I give you? What can I offer you? How can I show up for you? How can I learn you? How can I understand your languages and understand what you like and need and want and feel? Um, and how can I be of service to you? Was, was what love was like to me. <clears throat> And as I've grown, I've just understood that I also need love back. You know, there needs to be reciprocation. And a lot of the time, it wasn't the people I was with's fault. It was my inability to communicate my real needs because I didn't believe that that was the part of the process. You know, it was how I can show up for you is what love means, not how can you show up better for me. And then if that came up, like if I tried to have a conversation about how things could be better for me. I felt very shut down a lot of the time. And so, and not out of, again, like in retrospect, I can understand I wasn't shut down out of maliciousness. I was shut down because when you tell someone who really loves you that they're not loving you right, it can hurt them. It can make them feel inadequate. It can trigger trauma wounds of theirs of feeling in inadequate, you know, which probably caused problems for them in other relationships. Um, so I understand those triggers and traumas now, but at the time and, and in general, I deserved to be heard. I deserved yes. to be seen and I deserved for my truth to be able to exist within our partnership because without honesty, you don't have a foundation. Mm -hmm. Like you just don't, you're just, you're two floating versions of people who are ex coexisting with each other, but it's very superficial, you know, because the, the real depths that are the real moments of, of I'm asking for you to see me, I'm being really vulnerable right now, to be shut down in those moments, it takes a toll, you know? But someone who is emotionally immature, who doesn't know how to handle those kind of strong emotions, who doesn't know how to talk through difficult emotions, who doesn't know how to handle conflict with love, you know, because they've never seen that. They've ne they don't have any tangible examples of how that exists, you know? Um, it's it's kind of hard to to teach somebody that, you know? I can so like sink my teeth into and taste and feel and empathize with exactly what you're saying. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I had uh, Becky G on the podcast and I she was talking. Oh, she's incredible. Um, I didn't ask her to sing, which I fucked up on that. <laughs> but <laughs> now that I know that I can, I'm like, Lauren did it. So everybody should. No, no everybody, that's not how it works. Okay. Just so you know, that's genuinely not how it works. People need to feel free. They need to feel free. They got to feel they free. They also to need do to it. be able to sing. Yes. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Without auto-tune. <laughs> Becky copy and paste said what you said, though, about 
when it came to the way we love and how we receive love, how we give love, I think it set me up to be caring and empathetic of all those around me, um, but constantly serving to those around me without really realizing what it was costing me. Pardon the interruption, but I want to talk to you about pleasure. Specifically, what gets you in the headspace to experience pleasure? Now, we talk a lot about what we like in the bedroom, but we have to acknowledge that for a lot of us, opening ourselves up for receiving and giving pleasure is not as easy as just thinking about it. I noticed this 1000% after giving birth to Zaya because for me, going from mom mode in the morning to work mode, then directly into mom mode, and then hoping to directly snap into sexy time mode with Jared just like that, long story short, was nothing just like that. And that is why I'm so grateful for services like Dipsy. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. Now you might be thinking to yourself, erotic audio content, what does that even sound like? And I am so glad that you asked. Well, maybe you haven't been with someone who knows what you want. I knew someone might notice, but that made it even hotter. Mm, that doesn't sound like me. It doesn't. If you want to get in the mood or enhance the mood that you're already in, Dipsy has stories for straight and queer listeners, plus 56% of their stories are voice acted by people of color. Sharonis J. Jackson, ER Fightmaster, and Luke Cook all voice stories on Dipsy, plus new content is released every single week. Dipsy has soothing sleep stories as well, and wellness sessions, and they have sexy stories that you can read, which remind me to tell you all at the time that I joined the Mile High Club because I was reading this really, really hot book. Anyways, different story for a different day. Right now, let's make sure you know about Dipsy, the go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or heat things up with a partner. For listeners of Lovers and Friends, a podcast, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial. So go to dipsystories.com slash lovers. That is 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash lovers. One more time, a little sexier. dipsystories.com slash lovers. I hope that did it for you. If not, to go to the Dipsy app, they're way better than me. Becky, copy and paste said what you said though about only understanding love to be what can I give to you what can I provide for you I think that's a Latina woman thing tell me more about that yeah I just I think that the patriarchy is very strong it's a very stronghold in our communities um and I think that women are absolutely subservient to men in in our cultures across cultures I mean obviously it's colonization colonization from the colonized mind is the patriarchal mind is uh, a mind of hierarchies is a mind of dominance and authority, you know? So when there's an intended or an implied hierarchy in a relationship, um, which is like between a man and a woman, essentially there is a hierarchy, whether we acknowledge it or whether we, you know, challenge it in today's society, it still exists. It's still something we're overcoming as a collective, you know? So I feel like, yeah, it's just an unlearning process, you know? I, I think oldest daughters and, in Latino households, we're just raised to be very self-sufficient, very um, thoughtful of other people's needs, very subservient, very 
um, nurturing, very, you know, ¿Cómo te puedo ayudar aquí? Like, how can I help you through this? You know, you're, you're taught to be, I mean, you're taught through cultural interactions, you know? It's not like you need to be this way. It's more like you understand that that's how you're supposed to be through how, through the relationships you see around you, through um, the way that the world works. Like, we all know what it is. <laughs> but in the time that, in that relationship where you were, somebody's idea of what you were was being imprinted onto you. Mm -hmm. And because you wanted to please, maybe that became a little bit a part of you too. Yeah, absolutely. Did people around you, even though this was the cultural norm, stop you and be like, Lauren, this isn't you? Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, the differences that we had were so interpersonal and so in the vulnerable parts, you know, because he was an incredible partner, you know, he was, he was so nurturing, he was so supportive, he was so providing, I felt so safe around him, you know, like, he was very affirming, like, I felt beautiful when I was with him, I, I, I felt like a goddess, like, always, you know, like, he always affirmed me and made me feel beautiful, um, and, like, and talented, like, outside of, you know, like, I always just felt very supported, so it's, like, I could say that, but then there's there's all of the beautiful parts too. It's just the the more the parts, the nitty gritty is more and the more vulnerable stuff. It's like on the surface things were great and essentially like it could have worked out for a much longer time, you know? But I there were ways that I needed to grow that I couldn't in that context. That's good though, because it didn't bleed over into other parts of your life and relationships. Exactly. Like when you're in truly unfit relationships you lose yourself yeah and I think at a point I did lose myself because sometimes like you know truly unfit sometimes it gets to the point where it is truly unfit and we're just not seeing each other eye to eye and like now we have preconceived notions of each other because of how we've previously handled conflict with one another so it makes it hard to grow past you know especially if neither party is getting the help that they need to understand themselves more or or is is approaching the situation with how, how can I be better you know and that's hard to do when egos are involved. But it was some time, because this song is about Ty Dolla Sign, yeah. the breakup. Yeah. How much time in between writing the song and the breakup occurred? Like three three months, maybe? So it was still fresh. It was really fresh. It was really fresh. I had just gone on a writing trip to Bali. So I wanted to leave Los Angeles. I was like in a very overwhelmed space in my life. And I was just like, I need to get the fuck out of L.A. Sorry, can I curse? Is that yes. okay? Okay. okay. I think I started being like, I motherfucking love this shit. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just wanted to get out of LA and I went to London for a week and then I had a 10-day writing camp in Bali that I had I was going to. And when I got back from that was when I got in and wrote the song. So it was like, yeah, two two months after the breakup. Did and you it was get away because of the breakup? Fresh. Yeah, that was a huge part of it. It was also kind of already on the verge of a breakup and needing space being the reason why I was leaving to begin with. So and not just because of him, but just because of me. Like I, I was in an overwhelmed place in my life and I just needed to be alone. Because that's a part of the song too, just saying that it's not always negative. Burn the, the place down. This was right. trash, you're trash. I never want to see you again. Right. And that right. in some ways can make it harder. Exactly. And that's that was what I really wanted to capture with the song too was like I was dealing with the complex emotions that are coupled with I know I can't be with this person anymore but I also really love this person. Like this person 
was a huge part of my growth as a woman and into, into becoming a woman. Um, a huge part of me discovering so many pieces of myself that make me who I am. So that concept of always love is an homage to the importance of each relationship for what it was when it was when it was you know and granted have I also had some toxic relationships were there toxic elements to the relationship of course you know but I think maturing for me has been understanding that most of us who get involved in relationships of course there's narcissists who are psychotic and just like want power and dominion over somebody but um, the majority of us are just we grew up in really abusive situations you know like life is a abusive <laughs> like the white supremacist culture patriarchal culture is abusive it, it thrives off and and survives off of abuse and this inability to tap into the humanity of of each person involved in the story you know and when you're with somebody it's easy to get caught up in like what's happening to you and how you're being treated and whatever but very rarely are we self-aware enough to understand that we're choosing something that's not respecting us, you know? And we're choosing to try to change someone instead of just receiving what is for us. Um, and so we get caught up in those cycles much more intensely, I feel like, than if we're able to take that second of self-awareness to be like, actually, this isn't right for me because they're not fulfilling needs that I'm vocalizing, you know? That's another thing, though, is vocalizing needs because a lot of us don't do that either, especially women. You know, we really just are like, no, my place is to be a people pleaser. That's what love is, you know, or love when you're with the right person. That person's a mind reader. Right. And it's like, no, I mean, you might have us. I'm a psychic personally, so okay. I, I don't know what the fuck you're on. But <laughs> if you have a problem, I gonna know there's a problem. I'm gonna be like, I can read it in your energy. But not everyone's like that, you know. But so it's you, also still powerful to be with somebody who can communicate their insecurities to you in a way in trusting that you're going to be sensitive to them. Yes, and comfortable enough and safe enough, emotionally vulnerable enough to want to, to want to share that with you. You know, because what I'm learning in, you know, newer relationships as an old, like getting older and more mature is like when there is a conflict, when there is a problem or when you feel insecurity rise up for whatever reason, it takes a lot of courage to be honest with yourself about why you're feeling the way you are and not just externalizing and blaming your partner. Yes. You know, and to not just be like, okay, I'm mad because I'm, because, you know, she was talking to somebody in front of me and didn't say anything to me. Right. So it's like, okay, does she need to be more considerate of me when we're in public spaces together? Sure. That might be a valid point, you know, but what's really coming up for me is insecurity you know, and it's an insecure feeling within me. I don't feel secure enough in that if she takes a moment away from me at a party to go talk to somebody else, then she's just doing that. She's not trying to like make me mad or like harm me in any kind of way. Or That might be like a past story that I have that I have to bring to the table and talk about, you know, like, hey, this bothered me. Here's why it bothered me. But come from more of a place of understanding yourself than blaming the person for treating you a certain way, you know? Sometimes people are treating you a certain way, which is valid. And you'll know in the reaction that they give you when you try to talk about it in a loving way, you know. But the respect that's necessary for like a real relationship to happen it has a lot to do with grounding yourself in your truth and, and like understanding yourself and your triggers. The What you said about society being abusive, so beautifully profound and well put. Thank you for sharing that reflection point. And I also love that it doesn't just give yourself 
grace for being in toxic relationships, mm-hmm. but it gives grace and empathy for the person who is behaving in Hurt negative, ways. hurtful ways. In hurtful ways, because they're hurt a lot of the time, you know? Like, not all of us are given a manual on how to constructively communicate our feelings, you know? And we're actually very much in, in a society that's prone to abusive discussions because we don't have empathy for each other. We, like, we, we come at people with, from our own perspective and our own realities and this individualist perspective, but everybody's living from their own realities. Everyone's living from their own pasts and how it informs like their own traumas and how it informs the way that they see the world and navigate the world. So you can't, you have to be mindful of that whenever you want to get close to somebody, whatever way you want to get close to them, whether it's a friendship or a partnership or a business partnership or whatever it is, like you have to understand that people operate in ways that isn't necessarily personal, you know? It feels personal as hell when you're going through it, especially romantically. When you're going through it and someone's like projecting something onto you, you're like, well, damn, like, why you got to treat me like this? You know, I didn't do that to you or I didn't speak to you like that or I didn't cause that trauma in your life. Um, So it's easy to be like, man, this person is so fucked up. They're this, they're that and the other. But when you really take the time to have the empathy to sit with someone and be like, okay, I understand the reason for why you like this is the way that you've chosen to handle this, but it's harmful to me. So how can we, how can we move forward in a way that's loving for both of us, you know, and it being y'all against the problem versus y'all against each other. Mm -hmm. But it's just coping mechanisms and how you learn to deal with them. And if you don't have the tools, you don't have the tools. Did you get the, did you go and seek out the tools afterwards? Yeah. I've been in different like therapies. Um, a lot of, I'm more spiritual leaning than talk therapy leaning. I've I've done the talk therapy thing and I, I think it works for some people, especially people who are really stuck on a specific event in their life that they really can't move through. I understand it. But for me, I'm I'm very esoteric in the sense of I believe in angels, I believe in my ancestors and guides and God. Like I, I believe in all of that and I feel like I get a lot more insight from a higher perspective than I do from like a 3D, you don't really know me, but you're trying to get to know me. It's like a faster process for me because <laughs> they already know me. You know That's so great because I think that people often think about therapy as talk. Mm-hmm. Like that's a therapeutic medium. And exactly. there's so many different mediums there's that you can so tap into. so many mediums, exactly. Popping in for a beat to tell you about the sponsor of this episode, BetterHelp. And you all know I am so thrilled whenever BetterHelp sponsors the work that we do. BetterHelp is here to match you with a licensed professional therapist that you can start communicating with within 48 hours. It is not a crisis line, it's not self-help, it's professional counseling done online. Now, almost every episode that we make here on Lovers and Friends, I am reminded of the importance and power of therapy because let's say the thing that we all think but feel guilty about saying aloud sometimes. Life is hard. Managing challenges, transitions, changes, and heck, even lack of change is incredibly hard. And that is why I think a licensed expert to teach you how to navigate your feelings, plus show you how to show up for yourself and consequently others is crucial. 
I am a huge advocate for therapy. So if you're thinking of giving it a try, BetterHelp is a great option because it is truly tailored to fit your needs and it's entirely online, which means incredibly accessible. All you do is go to betterhelp.com, fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a therapist. And if you don't feel the flow with that therapist, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. If you want to step into your power, I believe that therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com lovers today to get 10% off your first month with BetterHelp. Again, that is betterhelp.com slash lovers for 10% off your first month of professional counseling with BetterHelp. All right, there was two trains of thought that I had that have now left the station, but Bye. let's bring it back to the <laughs> lyrics. Yes. Whenever Beyonce Ironic. sings um, Resentment, she cries. Yeah. Which at this point, I'm like, is there a button? Because how do you do this every single night? Yeah, she feels it every night. Is this going to be that song for you? Maybe, yeah. I kind of cry. I've cried a couple times while singing this song. Um, yeah, I mean, to, to date, this is one of my most vulnerable songs I've written. And um, one of the best, I feel like, um, capturings of my feelings in a moment. So, yeah. I, I hope it always makes me emotional. So too. Yeah, I mean, it made me. It genuinely did make me misty. Yeah, which it I it don't makes cry men misty that too. Yes. Yeah, I made grown men cry with that song. Yeah, right. Yeah, tap into <laughs> your emotions, babies. <laughs> I had so many like, um, cause one time I was this is super random, but I was in South Dakota. I was at a reservation doing a permaculture convention for my friend's birthday, and um, they had like a little talent show that you could sign up for. And I was like, fuck it, let me just like sing a little song, you know? Cause I had just written songs and I had never performed any of them for anybody. So I um, signed up and I sang Always Love wow. to like test it out on people to see how they felt about it. And I had three separate like classifications of grown men, <laughs> like, like older, younger, different races, different whatever. Like they each came up to me with tears in their eyes and were just like, Thank you so much for that because you just captured a feeling that I've never been able to say. Yes. You know, and I found it really interesting that so many men came up to me and said that to me because I, I like for my music to be able to transcend the whole gender thing. You know what I'm saying? I really like, I want to capture a feeling and I believe that our feelings are universal. They don't have genders, you know, they don't have, that's what, that's what makes music so special is that when you're capturing a feeling or a moment, you can have people from all over the world, different walks of life, different ages, different races, different everything, and they're all singing the same fucking words back at you for their own reason. But it still unites them all because it's a universal feeling. You know, when we get back into that pocket of we all have, we all go through the same set of emotions like we all got the same set of things that we're going through different times different ways different reasons but but music and art in general art forms that make you feel remind me of humanity like our humanity to me why that resonates so much i think with the masculine is because traditionally when women leave relationships it's because they've reached a point where they can't they, they can't stay even what you said, it could have gone on longer. Right. Right. Then it's like, well, then why didn't you stay longer then? Right. And I could have. Right. And it's usually. And I then think, it's always like, you gave up. I'm like, baby, I just don't 
this is not what I want my day-to-day life to be. Like, yes. I just don't want to have to deal with this. Like, I don't want to have to deal with you figuring out how to talk to me properly when you're mad. Like, I don't want to have to deal with being disrespected because you couldn't get a grip of your ego. Like, and then later you come to your senses and you're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Two days later, after you've treated me like shit for two days. Like, I just don't, I deserve respect and I deserve love unconditionally. And does that mean we are never going to get mad at each other and we're never going to have disagreements? No, of course not. But it is to say that when those things come up, respect is always at the core of the conversation, you know? And that's something that I've learned to accept as a basic necessity in my relationships. Because I, for a long time, I would let people talk to me crazy. And I guess what? I would match their energy. I would talk right back. Yep. Just as just as bitchy, just as mean, just as cutting, just as whatever. I would match energy because I felt justified. I felt like, oh, well, if this person's going to talk to me like that, well, then I can match energy. See if you like it. Oh, you don't like it, huh? Oh, cool. Right. But instead of that tit for tat, now I'm at a point where I'm like, if you talk to me crazy, you can't talk to me because I'm not matching that energy. That's not me. I'm not going to talk to you crazy. I love you. I'm not going to disrespect you or call you out your name or call you names or say all this crazy shit to you just because I feel the type of way right now. I'm going to let myself calm down. I'm going to leave the room. I'm going to breathe it out. I'm going to pray about it. And then I'll come back and we'll talk. But if, if, it's, if it's to that extreme, I don't even get mad like that anymore, to be fair, because I check my ego. But, you know, when, when that's the case, though, I just, my bare minimum is not so bare minimum anymore, <laughs> you know? Yes. Like, there's, my bare minimum is love and respect, like, bare you have to you have to actually fuck with me. I have to feel that from you. <laughs> Cause there's also people, you entertain people sometimes that don't even fuck with you. Like yeah. they don't even like you like that. And they they make it obvious in how they treat you, but their words might say something else, you know? So you're allowing yourself to get consumed by the words instead of allowing yourself to see the actions. Because they like the idea that they have of you. Oh yeah. They love the idea of me. Or they love whatever love they're getting from me. Cause I'm a I'm a good ass lover. Mm. I'm I will make you feel special. And you, you will understand your power when you're with me. Because that's, that's how I love people. I love people's center. You know? I love people into themselves. I think that that's beautiful because I'm actually really amazed that you were able to write this song three months later. Mm. Because traditionally how breakups work is that you have to go through this failure or freedom phase where some people while out and they're like, I'm free. I'm going to have sex with 40,000 people. Oh yeah. No, I was not on that. Energy. Or some people go to Bali and they grieve the loss of the relationship. They grieve the failure of an attempt at, you know, love, lifetime yeah. love. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's usually the phase where you go into the negative bond because in order to justify why I connect with somebody, I have to raise you above everybody else. So I have to convince my mind that you are the best choice out of all the options there. So I have to create this positive bond and then downplay your negative and amplify your positive. But when we break up, I gotta do the opposite. Right. I got to convince myself that like you're not the right person for me, which usually means focusing so heavily on the negative. Mm. Now, unfortunately, a lot of people stay in the negative bond forever and they right. never come out of that. Exactly. And then all of the songs about exes are fuck you. Yes. I don't need you. You're a piece of shit and all of that. That's why I was like, I want to write a song about this person that honors the love that I had for them, you know, because because I don't feel that way about him at all to this day. Like, I think he's an incredible man. I think he's extremely talented like 
like sincerely like a savant like to this day like he's so fucking talented i don't think people even give him the recognition that he deserves for his, for the level of energy that he gives people creatively. should stop giving birth and listen stop to his giving music. birth and listen to his music please <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but for real i genuinely have so much love for him as a person and and what he how he moves in the world so it would be disrespectful for me to 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 just be like, oh, fuck him. And like, yeah, but how? I just though? don't feel that way. I think it's one thing to be like, I'm not going to share my negativity, but to really genuinely feel positive that fast mm -hmm. is really remarkable. I mean, thanks. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why, why it happened. I'm like, just, I'm looking for a secret. I'm like, did you read a book? Did you talk did to somebody? Like, or, I, I might have read a book, to be fair. <laughs> I feel like I did read a book. I feel like there's this book about codependency that I read at the time. Yeah. I think there was a book about codependency I read at the time. I don't remember what it was called, but, but yeah. But I also think, too, that when your body knew long before your brain acknowledged it. I had already it, start making, started making peace. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Way before I left. And it was painful because I, I didn't want to be right about that. Like I was in love with him, so I didn't. I didn't want to. I didn't want for it to be a failure, you know. So, I was little too. Yeah, I was like twenty-one. But you wouldn't call it a failure today. No, I learned so much from him, and we're still friends to this day. Other saw me yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> You're in a relationship now. Yeah. Can you tell me about <clears throat> this love? Are you gonna know? What's it like? <laughs> this love is easy. It is liberating and freeing. It's full of joy and harmony and peace. Um, we just have fun together. We have a lot of fun together. We're really attracted to each other, so that feels really nice too. And the core is love and respect. Anytime that we yes. have disagreed, that's how I knew that, like, because we've been through things, obviously, as well. You know, it hasn't been perfect. But I knew that I would keep trying because of how we are in conflict with each other. Like, whenever something does come up, I feel so safe to speak my full truth. I feel so safe to, to, to say what's actually on my mind, even if it's vulnerable, even if it seems stupid even if it seems petty even if whatever it is like I know that I I'm safe to be honest about how I feel and same with her like she's able to do the same and we don't ever question character when we're having discussions mm -hmm. it's not about like oh you're secretly this kind of person you know it's like we both honor and respect who the other person is and we're choosing each other and we're choosing to work through things together and you choose to always see the good to see the good even if you're not feeling good about that person yeah to see like the reality of the core of the person i'm speaking to i'm not just um conflating a person's entire personality with a wrong that's gone down you know uh, which has also been a huge learning curve for me because i used to be very um just quiet about what I was really feeling. I never really felt safe to, to say my full truth because anytime I would say an inkling of my full truth, I get shut down, you know? Um, so yeah, it's just, it's very emotionally safe. This it's one. great to hear that word because 
safety, I think a lot of people in the Disney sense think that means that you get into a relationship and you no longer feel insecure. Right. And you no longer have bad feelings. Right. It's the opposite. Your those feelings come up more than before. Because every time that they come up, now you gotta talk about it. You know? Because you you literally when you're in that kind of dynamic, when when the, the insecurities or the triggers or the traumas that when they come up they have to be addressed immediately because the energy shift is so profound that you guys like both of y'all know y'all both know it's like okay there's something off with this like what's going on and you can't move forward till it's talked about because true love I feel like or, or like real genuine safe love and this can happen to you multiple times in your life it's not just like only one person it might not even be a romantic partner that gives you this half the time you know but real love is like seeing and holding space for each other and and really allowing the vulnerability and the truth to come out and just holding space for it. It doesn't, there's nothing has to happen. Nothing has to, you know, change. But the fact that you can be forward about the truth, I don't know, like there's just so much power in that. You learn so much about yourself and it brings, like real love brings it up. You know, because it's healing. Real love is healing. And it allows you to to fall in love with yourself in ways that you hadn't done before or yet. You know, I think anyways, when you find like a friendship or a partner or, you know, a relationship where someone really sees you for who you are, it allows you to to blossom and shed things that you were holding on to so tightly because you were so identifying so hard with it. But it just doesn't mean anything anymore because you're safe now. Yes. You know? That's such a beautiful way to express that. Is it, how how has it been, because you're in a loving relationship now, mm-hmm. but this body of work that you put out speaks to some of the love loss in your life. How did you have that discussion with your partner? Well, my partner is also an artist, so she deeply understands the creative process and how it's not linear. Um, so... I don't think it's it's ever going to be an issue, like, as far as um, them feeling a type of way about what I'm talking about versus what I'm feeling. You know what I mean? Yes. Because uh, there's, a, there's a huge separation between the moment where I'm expressing something or recalling a feeling and how what I'm actually going through in the moment, you know? And that, it takes a special person to be with an artist. <laughs> it takes another artist, I believe, <laughs> to be with an artist because there's so many complexities to why things come out when they do. And again, healing isn't linear. And so my writing process is inspired by sounds, is inspired by moments, is inspired by conversations. It's not necessarily always because I'm specifically feeling this feeling right now, you know, or about you. As somebody who has an abundant life right now, like there's a light in your eyes, there is a lift in your voice an incredible singer. Um, And you're making beautiful art right now. Thank you. Like your now is great. But so much of your career is based on your then. Right. People. Tell me about it, baby. Right. Dios mío. No me dejan vivir. I said they don't let me live. Oh. <laughs> but yeah. love it or hate it, though, because it, it brings out a feeling in people. Yeah. So yeah. when you're asked about leaving Fifth Harmony or leaving this relationship, mm-hmm. can you bring to those conversations the light and the brightness that you have now? Or does it bring you back and make you feel a little heavy? 
I think there's always a heaviness that comes with talking about someone's past. Popping in for a breather, but first, let's all collectively just say, wow, Lauren is so incredibly lovely and I'm so happy that she has found love again. But if you're still looking for love, I wanna tell you about Bumble. Bumble's on a mission to empower you to put yourself first. Because let's be honest, when it comes to dating, especially the early phases, we are not encouraged to do that enough. Usually we focus on the other person. Do they like me? Do they find me interesting? Where do they wanna go on a first date? Am I coming on too strong for them? And while nobody is saying you shouldn't think of others when you're dating other people, We've all had enough of making ourselves small in the name of love. And this is precisely why Bumble was created. Bumble believes when you put yourself first, you can actually enjoy and expand from dating. After all, who says that you can't experience and grow in self-love while looking for romantic love? So to recap, number one, prioritize yourself by taking agency over your intimate life in the bedroom and well beyond. And then number two, Find somebody who absolutely loves that about you. And if you are ready for step two, download Bumble, the women first dating app. Or if you're not quite ready to put yourself out there, but you are ready to see what is out there, I highly suggest you download Bumble and then try the incognito mode where your profile will be revealed only to users that you like. If you pass on them, your profile remains hidden. Fun fact, your girl is also the sex and relationship expert over at Bumble. So if you have any more questions about cool features, trust me, there is a ton of them. Check out Bumble.com. So yeah. when you're asked about leaving Fifth Harmony or leaving this relationship, mm -hmm. can you bring to those conversations the light and the brightness that you have now? Or does it bring you back and make you feel a little heavy? I think there's always a heaviness that comes with talking about someone's past. Like, I don't think anybody likes to explicitly talk about you know who they were when they're in a season of new being and a whole a literal whole new person <laughs> at 26 I'm absolutely not who I was at 20 um and I'm definitely not who I was at 16 so you know but I have so much grace for my process and for my life and what it's been and what it had to be in order for me to be me right now and who I will be in the future so I I I, I don't really have a lot of heaviness attached to talking about these things because I've healed from them you know I'm I'm definitely an exception in that sense because a lot of people who are in this position aren't given the opportunity to heal or don't have the tools or it's very difficult because people throw shit in their face over and over and over like I can't even imagine being Selena Gomez you know yes like, let that bitch live. Like, let her move on with her life. Right. It's been so many years, you know? But, like, everyone keeps her in her past. And then wonder why she's, like, traumatized by her moment, you know? It's like, you don't let her live in her moment. You're constantly asking her about who she was. That's exhausting. It specifically happens to women worse than men, too. Men are really allowed to grow and become, and women are, like... Remember when you did that thing when right. you were a teenager? Fuck you. Well, you have to learn to expand. You know, you have to move with integrity. Okay, I will say that's a gift that you have to have. Um, I I mean, I think I think so to be honest, because I definitely should be way more fucked up than I am. <laughs> that's a fact. No, I definitely got a head on my shoulders though, and I I attest that to family, grounding, just being. A grounded human being and also God helped me a lot. <laughs> so circling back to that 
beginning question to end things off of um, coping with your soulmate being your ex, Mm -hmm. coping with a moment that was incredible and bright and amazing now being over, Mm -hmm. but that not being your end. What is the art of letting go? Art. It's like, it's, it's, it's literally an art to, to see something for what it is and see how special it is. And then also know that it's not for you, you know, cause it's, it's a process. And a lot of people don't know how to do that. A lot of people stay in things that are not for them because it, because of what it looks like, you know, or what it looked like at one point, um, yeah, when things aren't what they are, you just got to see things clearly for what they are. That's it. It's just about seeing. It's about being in, in, in contact with your truth and allowing that to be what's guiding you instead of just living in like this denial reality, you know? Well, thank God or the universe that <laughs> you have that art because the art you're making now is epic and incredible. And congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I think writing helps me a lot. Like just process things, you know? All right. Well, yeah. that's it. That's the end. We could talk about the new vibrator that you just got. Oh, or just, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I like her. <laughs> I'm going to say the thing that we're all thinking. What a lovely conversation. What a lovely human being. Lauren, thank you so much for being a guest on Lovers and Friends, a podcast. Before we started taping, Lauren and I were talking about how in this industry of entertainment, People often say, that was amazing. You're fantastic. That was perfect. That was great when you finish something. And then as soon as you leave, they turn to somebody else and say, yeah, that wasn't that great. Um, And she was saying to me, I don't do that. The truth is not everything can be great. Right. That was genuinely I tend to not say something's great if I don't think it's great. Like, I'm a very roundabout person. If, If I, like... I don't know. I'm very honest. So it's hard for like, if I didn't like something, you'll know because I'm quiet. I'm still kind and graceful. Just not, I'm honest. Not so a liar. If, if I didn't fuck with it, I didn't fuck with it. I'm not going to tell you I fucked with it, but I did it. And wow, what an amazing live performance. As you all know, I've been toying with the idea of like, do we somehow incorporate it? Would it be kind of cheesy? And maybe we just got lucky the first time out the gate. Uh, but man, that was really cool. And I'm really grateful that she said yes to doing that. You probably already follow her on Instagram, but in case you don't, follow Lauren Haregi on all social media platforms. And if you are an international listener, you are in luck because starting in March, Lauren is going to be on tour. So go and get your tickets. If you are local, meaning in the Americas or into Canada's, you can listen to Always Love the Single and her Project Prelude, which are out right now. Okay, you know what time it is. It's time for me to shake you down and peer pressure you into rating and reviewing the podcast. We are almost at 5,000. So for the 100 of you who are holding back, now might be a good time to just give it a few seconds. Go over there, say anything. I don't care what you say. Just say it with your chest. Like these incredible people whose reviews I'm about to read out. They just happen to be great reviews, guys. So I'm just, I'm not picking the good ones. I'm just reading any ones that are top of the list. So Spend26 says, always spot on. It's the visuals for me. It's the topics for me. It's the conversations for me. It's the vibe for me. It's Shan for me. I can say so much more, but the topics I want to hear, which I'm glad you do this. I want to hear about relationship categories, keeping up a relationship with exes and family members, you know, mothers and sisters of your ex, et cetera. Bomb one. I want to hear about throupling in relationships. I want to hear about play parties. Um, When do you think you and Jared will make time for one? 
I'm actually curious if you're a plant because Jared and I actually planned to go to a play party, which is like a sex party for Valentine's Day this year, but we were so overwhelmed with work. And this particular sex party uh, required for people to have an STD test within the past three months. We did not have that. So not only did we not necessarily have time to go, we didn't have time to prepare ourselves to be good to go there. So we didn't end up showing up. But um, yeah, the intention is there. The timing just has not been there. But yes, these are great topics. Thank you for sharing. Uh, Rasir says, whoa, Chan, this last episode got me in the heart. Reflecting over different soulmates has me in a sense of gratitude and sadness. This is by far my favorite episode. I love those words together. Gratitude and sadness pair very beautifully. Um, kind of like ketchup and chips. If you're from Canada, you know what I mean right now. But yes, I, I, I agree that that was a special episode. Again, I really hope you guys take a chance, listen to it. If you haven't already, I think speaking of pairings, it pairs very well with this episode. So thank you for listening and thank you for amplifying that point. Um, Desi Dest 97 says, Shan, I love the soulmate episode. I can definitely say you are my soulmate girl. Can't thank you enough. Um, thank you for sharing a meaningful episode. And in that episode, I talk about hopefully being some of your soulmate muses and a soulmate muse is someone that you are drawn to, to teach you about love. Maybe you never become a lover with that person, but they do greatly impact your love life. And as a result, they have a very special place in your heart. So hearing that I have that for you. Um, yeah, this is everything. Thank you for that. Um, someone says favorite podcast. I love the podcast. So I say someone because their name is, ah, Lolo which I asked this last time, why don't you guys put your real names in the rate and review section? Like I don't, I read them out loud. So I want to, I want to hear you. I want to say your name. But in the meantime, Lolo says, I love the podcast. I share with anybody, any chance I have. We love you. As a rebuttal to one of the reviews you shared this week, I loved the woo woo episode. She's talking about the episode uh, with Tenariel, which talked about sacred sex. And one of the reviews that I read aloud on a previous episode said that they did not like that episode, but ah, Lolo loved that episode. And as a mostly straight person, um, she wants me to keep doing a bit of everything. A topic question that she would like is speaking as a woman, I feel pretty much constantly horny. It's the ultimate definition of a blessing and a curse. I have a hard time finding legitimate info on this. We have done episodes before on low libido. Doing one on a high libido woman, uh, I think would be very interesting. That's a great suggestion. I'm going to read one more because these are really fun. Um, okay, Shambudram. I'm looking for a low rating one just in case we can find one because those are fun to read too ever since my friend. Okay, here we go. These are four stars. Um, good intentions. This is from Miss Bozak. She said, I'd like for the guest interviews to be longer and more interactive also, the audio isn't always the best, and it makes it difficult to listen for an extended amount of time. I can feel that. Um, yeah, we're definitely working on the audio section of it. And I don't know what you mean by more interactive. Like, do you want us to do activities? But longer? I think the episodes are as long as they can be and should be. Um, in this case with Lauren, it is a longer interview with the guest, if it is possible to have a really interesting dialogue that merits that length of time while still covers off on the topic, I definitely do. I give all that I can give, but thank you for amplifying my intentions. I do try hard and that is a good intention. And those are all great reviews. I'm so appreciative to everybody who takes the time to show some love to the podcast and to you listener who hasn't rated and reviewed or viewer who has never rated and reviewed, but is still here until the end. You are valuable. You are cherished. You are loved. 
There is some sadness because you haven't rated and reviewed, but there is all gratitude, which was a tie-in to another person I just said, because they said that the episode gave them sadness and gratitude. So that was a callback. This is also a callback. See your ass next week. Bye. Lovers and friends. Lovers and friends. I'm going to take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend. I said, lovers and friends. Uh, I'm going to hold you down, down to the end. I said, Lovers and Friends is executive produced by Shared Entertainment's Shan Boudram. It is produced by Boudram and Crizia Cruz with production support from 2S Entertainment's Adam Krasner and Brianna Barone. The Lovers and Friends theme song is produced by Sean Ross and performed by Jared Brady, who also does the scoring and engineering on our episodes. Lovers and Friends is powered by Audioboom and made possible by our incredible sponsors who you can show love to by reading our show notes. 